0: Hello, friends. Welcome to the Main Idea Book Club, where today we have a conversation about this past month's book, The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy by Douglas Adams. To stay up to date on the book club, which books we will be reading next, and other ways to get involved, please visit www.mainideapodcast.com and sign up there. This February, we'll be reading Robert Fagel's award-winning translation of the latin epic the ennead by virgil today i'm joined by my good friend eric ruiz eric is the head of business development for google one in the americas covering us and latin america co-founder of eric's nepales a family-owned pickled cactus company and author of blackout wednesday which is now available on amazon if you enjoy this episode please consider leaving a five-star review on Apple or Spotify. This helps so much with organic growth and placing this podcast in front of people that listen to similar themes. It's a big goal of mine to have this podcast grow completely from organic growth and sharing. Without further ado, The Main Idea Book Club, Season 1, Episode 2. Well, welcome to the, the second second book club in our book club second book in our book
1: club uh quite a different pace dudes yeah so very different um i was i'll be honest with you i haven't i read this a little bit in high school mm-hmm. and i was like you know what science fiction not really for me but let's do it i'm about, i'm about, i'm about expanding horizons and i think my high level thought is that the writing it's just so funny i was yes. just i found myself just reading for Enjoyment and reading for the jokes and the dry British humor, and that's he yep. came across so well. And it was just like such a fun, fun read. Yeah, How about I you, what do you think?
0: I've, I've share so very similarly. I I tried to read this once before, and it must have been high school or middle school, something like that. And it just it never took. And it's such a highly regarded book, which I'd, I'd love to talk about in a minute here. Um, so I felt like I kind of had like if you're doing a book club. It's kind of if you venture into science fiction, this is one of the must reads. I was hit with the same thing. I, I think I read this book, honestly, in like a week and a half, I was just like, it's so funny. The, it's so dry too, which is very much my style of humor. And the satire was great. The characters were super weird and goofy and the whole story was just chaos. I mean, there's so much that happens and, you're literally all over the universe, right? And under, what is this? My version is 215 pages. So you he covers so much, but it just had me laughing. Like I haven't read a book in a while where I actually caught myself laughing out loud and Lauren would be like, what are like, what are you reading over there? And I'm like, I don't, this book, it just kind of gets you. It's got these stupid little one-liners and like these jokes. So yeah, I, I very much felt the same way.
1: Yeah. The, um, the the one liners and I think that's what took me by surprise and also just like it was it's not it's science fiction but I think the science fiction is more so like an aspect to drive the story forward like it's not a, really a science fiction story it's right. more so just like a a story of like like these four people and a robot basically like just traveling through the <laughs> a universe getting a very sad, sad robot. Yeah, uh, shout out to my boy, shout out to my man's Marvin over there. Yeah, um, for real. But no, it was uh, it was really it was a lot of fun. Did you Did you watch the movie by any chance? So I that was one of my questions for you. I have not, mm-hmm. uh,
0: and so I have a. I'm curious what your thoughts are on this. I have a little bit of a qualm with consistently being let down by film adaptations of books that I like. Not necessarily like yeah. if. I've seen movies for books I haven't read and I love them, but it's very rare that I I go through the whole process of reading and creating this whole world in my head and the characters and what I think they are and everything, which I think is one of the beauties of reading. That's why I love doing it. It really, it stretches your imagination to come up with the story, right? But then I'll go see the movie and I'm like, man, either I just completely misread that or this is a terrible interpretation of this person's art, right? So I haven't, have you seen it?
1: You know, I haven't, I haven't yet. It's on, I, I downloaded the other night because legally. Um, yeah. And <laughs> I really, I do want to watch it though. Cause you know, most deaf is in it and, you know, yeah. some, and I think Zoe Deschanel is in it as well. You know, so kind of similar to your point though, I do think that there is something to be said about the, you know, we always build up this world in our head. You know, we are the main character, you know, we are Arthur or we are, uh, you know, Zaphod if I'm saying that correctly and then you watch what the I thing had. and like yeah and then it never just matches your you know your, your reality and it, it just it's or, or rather like your expectation right because like the fantasy you've built up in your head the play you've built up in your head is always going to be much better than anything because it's yours right you are the main character totally. your favorite crush is the actress or the other lead right so it just just goes on and goes forth but um i haven't watched it yet i'll let you know how it does go um most deaf is in it so i do i do really want to watch it
0: Maybe we can, uh, when we do the the third book recap, we can sidebar a little homework assignment to watch this, and we can touch on it briefly. Because I, I was, I was definitely going to ask you that as well. Um, one one thing I I thought was, <laughs> it was an unexpected Easter egg of this book that I took home, which it really just like played into the absurdity of life. It gives you such a macro on like, okay, here is this guy who's he wakes up to just another day. And Earth's being demolished the same way that we would talk about uh, tearing down a couple houses to build a freeway, right? Like, he just does such a beautiful job of scaling Earth down in the writing to just be like, it's so insignificant. And not to be like, oh, you know, this book's so philosophical and there's so many life lessons in it, but it does, it did paint a cool perspective on, on reality. Like, Hey, you know, we take ourselves very seriously. Sometimes I definitely have a fault of doing this. And reading this book was like, dude, you're, you're floating around on this like rock in the middle of an infinite expanse of nothing. And, and what are you worrying about? Like that, I just kept getting hit with that like over and over and over. Did you have any feelings like that reading it?
1: Oh, absolutely. Like, it was funny too, how like just, you know, Arthur, he wakes up his house about to be demolished and the very same thing is happening to earth. And so like, as you scale up, you know, going from like, you know, somewhere in England to earth to like the galaxy, it just becomes you become like more and more uh, insignificant. And I think for me, a similar takeaway to that is like the higher you go up, the more you have in common. And it's when you drill down like to that. like, like the more you drill down into specifics, like the more you find kind of ways to see yourself as different or you argue over, overpasses and demolitions. And not that, you know, this book is by any means a, you know, a philosophical tome on, you know, our differences and what have you, but it always reminds me of like how some of like the most atrocious wars of like the 20th and 21st century happen between groups of people that are like 95% the same and they're fighting over like that 5% difference. And so what this book kind of showed me in kind of in a different way is that, you know, the higher you go up, the more common you have, so like, er, like at the end when when Arthur is traveling through, you know, through space, it's like, yeah, he misses McDonald's, he misses, he you know, he misses England, but he misses Earth, and like ultimately, yeah. like I think maybe when he saw Trillian as well, which by the way is a sick rap name, mental Indeed. note for later, yeah, <laughs> you know, I I think there was, I, I want to believe that he was also just like happy to meet another Earthling or another human being, right? So that was a, sort of another kind of takeaway for me that was sort of that. I didn't really expect to to encounter i really like that that i
0: i hadn't i guess i had considered elements of that but i hadn't put it the way that you just did which is i think beautifully said it does That's give you a little bit of that perspective and it's true man i mean i've i've read uh similarly about astronauts that go up to space and they get this i forget there's a name for it but it's like the overview the overview effect i think is what mm-hmm. it's called But they get up there and then they look down and like you just—it's just a ball. Like we are so in the minutia of our individual experience that we are convinced that our problems and our issues and everything are indeed should supersede those of others. And yeah, a lot of the the conflicts and the issues and on a civil level, a, a macro level, a micro level, they're all from these this feeling that you're so much different than your neighbor. Or yeah. you that you can be. In reality, you're all... That's a great way of putting it from that high up view. You are so similar. And you do kind of feel like... uh, You feel like you can tell his loneliness as he's getting cast through all these different... He's trying to grapple with the fact that, like, damn, like, Earth's not there anymore. That's crazy.
1: But oh, what's interesting is
0: this massive event happens, right? Like, Earth is destroyed. And it's it's so whatever. I mean, it, it's like a, a calculation in an Excel spreadsheet for the rest of these, uh, these groups that these much bigger planets doing much more important things. I thought that that was another interesting view yeah. is the insignificance of it. And we can do that with anything. You know, you can be like, oh, this, this job interview I have, it's the biggest moment in my life. It's the most important thing. If I don't ace this, like everything's going to fall apart. It's just not true.
1: Yeah, you know, I'm glad you brought that up because one thing, you know, I have two, I have two little ones at home, and you know, there are moments when my oldest, he's he's like two and a half, almost no, he's almost three actually, but like something will happen and he'll just lose his mind, he'll cry, and to me, and like for example, like the other day, like you know, we were playing a record and like the song went to the next one he got really sad because he wanted to hear the first song again. So like, I had to like walk over, you know, do all of that. But in that in that like 30 seconds of me adjusting the record, you know, which was, you know, shout out to Mac Miller. Uh, it like he was like really sad and like he was crying. He was upset that the song had ended. And there was, there was a part of me that was like, bro, one sec, dude, I'm going to fix this, relax. But then also at the same time, you know, he's two and nine months, right? So it's like, him, that song ending is one of the most emotionally impactful moments of his young life, and so, like, relatively speaking, right. it's like it's still really impactful and really that and and really not traumatizing, but like it's still really impactful for him because you know he's just learning how to be sort of a human being, and so that's sort of another thing that kind of like this thing that uh you know perhaps from the opposite angle that I, that I that I took away from this book where it's like like for Zaphod and for, you know, folks from the intergalactic or, you know, from the galactic uh, governments, like earth exploding is like nothing. It's like a rounding error. It's just like, all right, whatever. We have to build a silver pass. But obviously for a lot of people, for like a lot of people, it's like, Holy shit, dude, like nothing exists anymore. And so I saw my son kind of reflected in those pages of like, you know, like maybe sometimes I am the galactic uh, government and my son is like (laughs) Arthur, (laughs) you know to me you know earth getting blown away is nothing but to like arthur it's like his whole world is little, has literally collapsed yeah that's like, i think
0: like that that's a good way of thinking about it it was a very clever book they i i'm actually so i've done a little bit of a little bit of reading about this book and the radio show that preceded it and the development into like what ultimately became like quite a big franchise i think they even at one point had I forget the name the The author of Artemis Fowl commissioned to oh. then write a, the sixth book in the series, which wasn't even like by Douglas Adams, right? It's that's how big this became.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Why do you think this book is so popular? I mean, this comes up all the time in must read lists in science fiction lists. And it was so surprising one, cause it's so small. I mean, it's a little book. It's not, it's yeah. not like, you have to read it, this you know massive novel that explores space time and this character's transition through it, whatever It's just this little two hundred forty page book of largely satire, dry mm-hmm. humor, and a couple crazy characters that it's, i mean you picture Douglas Adams writing this, and the guy's like, "I'll name him uh the zafod be box I don't know that sounds like that'll work right It's very zany. What do you think it is about it that cements it in these constantly revised lists of must-read books?
1: Well, that's a fantastic question. I think on the top of my head, I think think you sort of hit the nail on the head earlier, too, when you said that it's sort of like a macro representation of, like, the daily trivialities of, of life, right? And it's kind of spun up in this, you know, space opera chase and what, you know, car theft or spaceship theft. So I think we kind of see the absurdity of everyday life reflected on it, and I also think, in some respects, it was because it was published more like in the seventies. If I, you know, if I'm I not think mistaken, it was seventy. What does it say here? Yeah,
0: we got time, so we'll do a little. Yeah, 1979.
1: Buddy. Yeah, so I think, so I think maybe it's also like the product of its era, where you know it was around the time where everyone's forecasting and thinking about what the year 2000 is going to look like, and so I think it kind of hit a cultural tailwind in as. Folks were, you know, the Jetsons were hitting its. I mean, the Jetsons were probably had peaked by then, but I think if, you know we were what ten years removed from landing on the moon or something like that. So I think it was all still fresh and in the cultural zeitgeist. And I think that probably we're gonna so, we're gonna
0: set we're gonna set the stage here real quick for for what you're doing because these timelines I think are important. So first episodes of the Jetsons, 1962. Okay. Uh, and then oh, so it's still in, running then,
1: right? Landing so it's on the moon 63.
0: Uh, yes, yeah, 19. Wow. I didn't know that. The Jetsons only ran for w- one year? What? No way. No. Th- okay. <laughs> Here goes Abe trying to pull up uh, <laughs> factual information off uh, Wikipedia. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, but it did did say first episode. Yeah. First episode 62.
1: First episode. And then we went, up, we went on the moon when? Moon 68 landing. 68 or 66. I want to say 68 moon landing
0: original moon landing Ooh, first human-made object to touch the moon was the soviet union's luna but that was 59 uh-huh. yeah uh i'm obstructing the flow of the conversation here trying no to that's good one. dude this,
1: no this is important because this is this like is,
0: this is important a 20-year guess. period yeah 1969 we were close
1: yeah sixty. nice so, so but, like, but to
0: your point, this is space and space has just been explored to the greatest degree to which uh humans have to date explored it, right? By actually putting a person on the moon. Mm-hmm. And then several years later this comes out. So people are thinking about the a different version of their existence in the universe in a yeah. very, very serious way. So this book probably played into that headspace very effectively and you're coming off of well i don't know that might be a stretch just like the late 60s and psychedelic exploration i would imagine that douglas adams was probably a psychedelic drug user
1: dude hat oh for sure some with some of these names and some of these concepts and like the actual (laughs) manual of the uh, or like the actual writing of the hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy that's the book within the book um super meta Yes, yeah, yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So it's like a really good uh um sort of meta summary for it. What um did anything really surprise you about the franchise? Cuz I didn't know it was this big. Like you even telling me that there's six books. I was like, "Oh, I thought there was like two.
0: Yeah, I, everything surprised me. I, again, like this goes back to my my original question of like, "Why do you think this is the book that you hear about?" Because that's exactly how I came to learn it all. Like I I thought that this was just a standalone kind of one hit wonder book by Douglas Adams. I didn't know that there was three books in this series and then several more and then that it started with a radio show that then grew into the Mm -hmm. books. And that there's multiple versions of the same book for UK and US. It's a very strange whole series of of things. But I think your your question was why do I or what was your question? Sorry.
1: Yeah, it was did it did Anything really surprised you about the media franchise?
0: I I like it's the to, radio show. I think I would have to see the timeline from like when did the most recent one come out? That was in the last five six years. I feel like
1: right. Well, yeah, I think you might be go. right.
0: We can check this out too. This is where you need that uh, Jamie assistant that
1: Joe Rogan has, where he just dude. We got to queue up all the. the uh, or oh, we got to queue up all the chatbots. You know, chat GBT or whatever. Exactly. Just, okay, so that... Uh,
0: this one came out in 05. Damn,
1: that actually, that's when I graduated high school.
0: Damn, that was two years before I graduated high school.
1: Oh, snap, you're 07, bro?
0: Yep, 007. So, okay, that 2005, that came out. So, but that's still... Uh, I guess that's surprising that it would be such a late adaptation. Have you read any other... Uh, any other books that would fall into
1: the category strictly of science fiction? Uh, oh, I read uh, I read Project Hail Mary not too long ago at the recommendation of a friend. That was really good. It's about it's I won't spoil it too much. It's from the guy that did I think The Martian. So mm. oh wow yeah yeah so it's a book about there's this doomsday thing happening for Earth. I think it's a comet, and so they send you know a trio or a few scientists into space to sort of detonate the comment from the comet, some, something to that effect. And one of the, the so the narrator is the only one left alive after breaking into space. So the whole story is about him trying not to save humanity, but eventually find his way back home. So it's like, it's a bit of a classic, you know, setup, but yeah. masterfully written. And I think one of the first few, um, one of the most recent science fiction books that I've read, which actually begs an, a different question, which, or raises a different question, which is, why do you think you haven't read so much science fiction?
0: I I think it goes it goes back to this like deep fear of space that I've had since I was a kid. That I I think I do quite a lot much a lot better with it uh, as an mm-hmm. adult, but it was like a stop me in my tracks kind of. Um, I don't know if I would call them panic attacks, but like really, I would start thinking about this is like seven, eight, nine. I mean, yeah, and then the I'd say the intense bouts of it were very close together when I was younger and then they'd just space out a lot more. But they can still be very intense where I'm thinking about the expansion of the universe into essentially, I don't know, like no no one knows, right? Into whatever it's expanding into and, and what it was before. And I would start to go down this track and it would get really Really? Kind of like muddy. Yeah. And it would it would give me like little panic attacks. And so I kind of always stayed away from like I didn't want to read any of Stephen Hawking's books. I didn't want to read about anything that was like too deep in physics. Uh, I didn't want to read anything about space. I didn't really like movies that were like space exploration beyond kind of like uh really? star Wars, things like that, where there were more like theatrical, mm-hmm. uh, but it wasn't until I got older that it, I turned like the resistance of, I'm afraid of this genre. I'm afraid of talking about this and thinking about this to like curiosity, of like, why am i freaked out by this why does it stop me in my tracks and that's when i started to read like
1: oh, not not a
0: lot of science fiction i mean but having more interest in it and having more interest in conversations about it uh movies on the subject and that's when it kind of like opened up my interest into artificial intelligence and reading about that listening to podcasts about that um but that was probably the biggest reason why it was just like a resistance, a, a genuine fear or like existential calamity. Whenever oh. I try to think about it, you ever feel like that?
1: Um, that's, that's, well, let me ask you something before I answer that. Do you, and this may be a personal question, but we're getting to know each other. It is a book club. Yeah. It raises these questions. <laughs> it's but a book are, club. You, are you
0: religious? So, no. And I think that that's a big, uh, that's a major contributor. Are you?
1: Interesting. I think I think when I was younger, so I was raised Catholic. Um, I think now that I'm older, I think, you know, I think with my teenage years, I perhaps fell away from it a little bit. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think I was ever like outright rejecting uh, sort of like, like I never went out of my way to say like, no, I don't believe in this. This is stupid. Right. Like Like none of that, but I did fall away from it, but sort of retained some of the cultural artifacts of Catholicism. And I think now I use it more, I think about it more as like a framework for how to navigate the world you know i think that if you ask me if i believe in god i would say yes however i don't think that that god is necessarily you know flesh and bone or you know or looks like you know an italian soccer player right which i think that (laughs) like all that is to say like it's still something that i think that i think
0: about someone like you know
1: yeah i mean guys jesus was from the mediterranean he looked like an italian soccer player like yeah long hair come on guys and so And so I think culturally, I'm still very much religious. I don't know. I'm definitely not dogmatic Mm -hmm. um, now that I think about it. But it's interesting because I don't think it's ever really interfered with my ability or I never really sort of coalesced religion and uh, like sort of like space exploration. Because in my mind, I'm always like, well, you know, if someone invented the universe, then he had to invent more than just one world, right? And so maybe there is, you know, exist, you know, maybe there are, is, uh, uh, other life in the universe. So that's sort of how I kind of think about it. And, you know, I was having a, a conversation with a buddy, we we're in Vegas over the weekend for a conference. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, so as we start, you know, kind of walking in the strip and, you know, chatting kind of like this, you know, these questions sort of come up too. And, and we were talking about how there's like the recent sort of, uh, not conspiracy theory, but you know, how there's holes on the internet, Right how like the big Bang didn't happen. And it's all a lie. And we were just kind of like trying to like wrap our minds around of like, like what evidence do you have to support this claim? Like a lot of really smart the people. The claim that it's a
0: liar, they claim that it was. They claim that it's a lie. Got you. Got you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And so the conclusion that we came to that he said, you know, much more eloquently than I could have. He said, if you, he said, whether you believe in science or whether you believe in God, if something happened to create the universe and life on earth, like, do you really think it would be quiet? Like it would almost by definition have to be loud and messy and explosive and all of these different things. And now I was like, damn, that's a very, very good point. Uh, so anyways, I don't know how I've got on the religion track, but it's interesting because I think, I think if I hear you correctly, it's almost like, you know, perhaps you being non-religious sort of, you know, influences a little bit how you think about space exploration. Whereas I think for me, even though I was raised religious and perhaps still am a bit it never really sort of interfered with my ability to enjoy science fiction. I think I didn't enjoy science fiction, honestly, because I wasn't – I always told myself I wasn't good at science. I think that's why.
0: <laughs> it's like, you, you know, it's, it, it's actually interesting to talk about this because now that we're on the subject, I think back to when I did try to read this younger, and it, it was – it was definitely that. It was that angst about – infinite expansion in the universe and, and how much of it I won't ever get to understand in my lifetime. That's another thing that like is it, it's a catch-22 though because then I also I would, if I you know, met a genie and they said, what do you want to know? And I'd said, uh, what's the purpose of the universe? You know, I kind of don't want to know that answer at the same time that I would be like itching to ask it,
1: right? It's like our boy Arthur, yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I, I, I would say this, like I, I have wanted my whole life to be super religious from a, if nothing else, then from a comfort standpoint, it would be very nice, very nice to think and feel convicted about the fact yeah. that when I died, I, w- I would have this much better version of reality for the rest of eternity uh to participate in than what I d- do or don't have any feelings about. It. You know what I mean? Like not yeah. knowing and now we're on on death. This is a hard turn <laughs> to the right. But uh yeah. not knowing pers- pers- uh expectations or thoughts about death. And re- not rejecting I th- I think you said that well. Like it's not that I reject religion or reject God or or I th- I think I'm figuring things out as I get older and 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 they become more important as you see people that you love and care about pass away. Yeah. Uh but as I think about that it would be very nice to just go to bed at night and go well god created the universe and i'm just participating in it and when i when i die provided i'm a good person i just get a lifetime of you know an eternity of, yeah. of excellence and we we touched on that last last month with uh, four thousand weeks like it's but a mere blip not even it's a fractoid of a blip right and then eternity on both sides before you were born and after you die is much 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 longer so that's my pull to religion but then i i stand there unconvinced and unsure and it's in that uh kind of mindset that expansion and space and and the potential randomness of it all becomes yeah. a little bit overwhelming i think is how i would put it whereas it would be better to just be like oh yeah well <laughs> but god created it so it's that's why we're here and it's uh your life is, the purpose of your life is to just be a good person and uh, await eternal happiness and, you know, uh, in his kingdom. So that's, uh, that's definitely why I didn't read a lot of science fiction when I was young.
1: Now we know, I'm glad we figured this out though, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, yeah. What,
0: are your, what are your thoughts on, I mean, while we're here, what are your thoughts on the expansion of the universe? Like, what do you think it is expanding into?
1: yeah i mean that's what i'm kind of similar to you in the sense that like i don't i can't even comprehend the question at times it feels like and what i mean by that is like the idea of an ever-expanding universe that takes light years to get through like i just i I just don't think my mind i think it would literally shock me to death i think if someone told me how all of that worked it would literally literally kill me i think yeah i i think it was on tim urban's blog um on way but why i th- I think maybe it's like the 10, Fermi 10, 10, paradox. years ago. yeah was it that one where it's like how far backward like if you took a time traveler from like the 1500s and you brought him to today and you showed him how technology worked like would that novelty like literally kill him and i think it was something <laughs> yeah it was like kind of like this uh thought experiment related to that and so i i, I I think about that thought experiment. I'm totally butchering now, so we'll find the URL later. And send Shout it out, out Tim Urban, though.
0: I mean, the guy's a legend. It's a phenomenal website.
1: Oh, that's another Lock, book we should read too. Book. Yeah, we should read that book too. By the way, his book came out. Uh, we will. I think late- I've wanted to read yeah, that. Late- so now that we're
0: both, on yeah, we'll do
1: we'll do that too. Boom, boom, boom. We'll get we'll go through some classic readings next month, and then maybe over to the boy Tim. Um, but yeah, so I think about the expansion of the universe. I think about that blog post where it's like, if someone told me I would implode because my mind would just be like, "Uh, what just happened? And that's it.
0: It's it's just hard to, it's impossible to grasp the size that we're talking about. Like you've seen uh, diagrams and people kind of break down measurements and they'll, they'll try their best to explain to you how big uh, infinite is and, it's, I, I can barely, you, straight, you start zooming out, right? Zoom out from your house to your neighborhood, to your town, to your city, state, country. You know, you keep going out like that and then you get to like the end of the solar system. And then I had this, so leaning into this fear I had, right? Of of space mm-hmm. and infinite expansion and what are we and where'd we come from? Where are we going? All this kind of stuff. I challenged myself to take an astronomy class in college because I needed like a prerequisite. And so I took like atmosphere whatever, And we did this whole section on um, the birth of stars, the death of stars, galaxies, black holes, like the whole nine, right? And Mm -hmm. it was was admittedly pretty uncomfortable for me to sit through a semester of that course and think about this every single time we had it. But our understanding is so limited. Like what we have been able to see, even when you look the furthest that we can possibly see, it's, it's like, it's as insignificant as our life when you're talking about the size of the actual universe. And I was actually, you know, I'm glad we're talking about this because it is something that came up for me in this book where this humor element of his writing about this thing that's always bothered me Mm -hmm. was very enjoyable because it was so ridiculous. And at the same time, it could... who's to say it's wrong right like that's how absurd this could all be is uh when the scene when they're getting like i mean this was really insane but when they're getting like dragged through all the different uh (laughs) like what the time zones where they were traveling so fast and so they're getting like plunked in and out of all these different things there were like dolphins falling through the ceiling and rats running around
1: Whales or something yeah
0: yeah it was just like so weird i had to read through it twice to be like what is this is like the craziest scene i've ever read in a book and i'm like it almost gave me ease in just how chaotic it was i was like you know what you don't have to have all the answers and it might give you anxiety to think about this kind of stuff but it doesn't really matter yeah. and that was kind of like ah it put me at ease with his humor
1: yeah it's it's like a it's it's almost like when you go to the doctor to tell do like a really complicated procedure and every you know god forbid you ever have to but you kind of want your doctor to be like all right, dude, you know, it's the first day, but I, I need you to take your pants off and turn around. You know, it kind of just takes, you know, it makes it a little bit, you know, it, it just takes the gravity away from the moment and pushes you at ease a little bit. So that's a, that's a good point of like introducing these very complicated or existent, or treating these existential questions with just like a hint of just like whimsicalness. I don't know if that's the word, but it's No, like,
0: but yes, very well said. Yeah. It
1: yeah, is. It, and, it um, is whimsical in nature is a very good way of putting it. Yeah. And by the way, for how crazy you think that is, for like how little we know about space, I was like over the weekend, I discovered uh, uh, again in Vegas uh, with my buddy Tyler. By the way, we did like no drinking. This is us after eating like, you know, Flying Dutchman and burgers at In N Out, which by the way is overpriced for being in Las Vegas, but whatever. Um, He told me that, yeah, we know like way less about uh, the deep sea than we do about. Which is also really crazy to think about because it's like, I mean, people go underwater every single day to like, explore stuff sometimes, you know, for work, sometimes for pleasure, sometimes for academic studies, but it's like, we literally go underwater every single day, we don't, you know, we go to space what every ten, fifteen, twenty 20 years, I mean, right. I, I, I'm sure that's being very generous. And we still don't, like don't know anything about that. So for how crazy you think space is, dude, just wait till you start thinking about like deep sea exploration and like fish. I, they, uh,
0: what book did I read that book?
1: Have you read deep
0: by James Nestor or breathe? No, he wrote breathe, which about like, I think nasal but, breathing.
1: Yeah. I think it's breathe great. is in my bookshelf actually.
0: Yeah. It's a fantastic. But those two books back to back are like, I read deep and then I was like inspired and I read breathe. They're both epic. Right. Reread breathe because of its application oh, to cool. sport, but fantastic books. But he talks about uh, deep is all about free diving, and when he talks about the ocean, it's like it is super unknown, and it's where we all came from. That's a, the irony of it is we know nothing about it, but we literally, from amoebas on rocks, you know, s- slowly came out of of the ocean on the land, and so it's this this very unknown uh, whole environment. Yeah, it's kind of crazy.
1: Yeah, man, that's this the, the the other I think another thing related to that, that I that I read recently is that like dinosaurs were more like big chickens than big reptiles, which somehow is more terrifying, <laughs> you know? <laughs> kind of like revising I, man, sort of like how we came from. I think about that, like
0: Okay, so we become more and more digital by the day, mm-hmm. right? Like every, I mean, I can think about every everything about me is pretty much available. In some digital form from mm-hmm. even these episodes, recording them, housing them in clouds, and then, you know, putting them online, you stream videos online, you watch TV, uh, we read books, and I like to have hard copy every once in a while, but that's a rare thing, right? It, most yeah. of everything is, is harbored online. You think about like, the pyramid, have you been to Cairo and seen the pyramids? um no any, I've been it to, doesn't have to be no. the pyramids anything like like a really impressive art structure dude, that you've seen
1: yeah i was in i was in spain a couple of years ago visiting some friends and um we like we climbed a castle that was like built like in the 1200s and wow. i was like dude my country is like 300 years old and like this castle is like even older than that and then i've I'm, been I'm to jerusalem which was like totally mind-blowing yeah, for like a number of different reasons right um that's like you see like dynasties there's like greek architecture built over like turkish architecture and within like 10 square like you know 10 square meters or whatever there's like things stacked up things stacked on top of each other built like a thousand years apart which is like also very mind-blowing
0: so so i think about these as like i'm gonna go full humor me on the conspiracy theory here but i uh (laughs) sick When I'm standing there, like looking at the pyramids, and we we did a little trip where we were able to like go up inside one, and you stand in Cairo, come back out in Cairo, yeah. And so I went there in 2010. Um, I turned 21 actually on the Nile River. Very fun. So we're there, and uh, you see these structures in person, and it's Mm -hmm. very striking the size, and not just the size of the actual pyramid itself, but the size of the blocks that make up the pyramid, which from a distance look kind of insignificant but when you're standing next one they're six feet tall i mean i'm standing in front of one and it's bigger than i am so you just think about the the mass and the size and there's been plenty of tv shows and books and stuff written about how complicated this was and how did they do it but i i'm going to connect this digitization and and egypt here for a second (laughs) so let's hear it let's hear it i just i see uh a way in which what if like what if we were just wrong about everything right like what if we were wrong about our our measured history which of course would reject science in earnest which i i don't believe i do think that we are on par with understanding but you see a a world like this with records for sure and and things that have been dug up and you can carbon date them and you can look at the snapshot that you get of culture at that time based on what you're finding But what if it was more advanced than that? And there was a point at which there was this uh, conversion to a digitized type world, very much like ours. Like, let's say uh, tomorrow something horrific happened, and everyone on Earth got wiped out. Of course, the obvious problem would be that there would be 7 billion bodies and skulls and skeletons, right, to dig up and discover. But let's say that a million years go by, two million years go by, and... That much time passes, which, again, in, in the geological history of the Earth is nothing. I mean, it's a, yeah. a, a blip in our existence. And so let's say that, you know, things grow over and, and then you're left with these incredible steel structures and things that are it's so hard to imagine how they were built or how they were constructed. And what if it was like that? Like that? You know, what if there was some... Passing of the torch of of time, and it was like all digitized and just kind of floated away, or or got digested, and uh, we could very much be on the same path because we don't have as much written record. And then you would find little artifacts, like I don't know, it's some a little form Wayne of analog music video. something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I don't know. Humor me, right? But it's
1: not. It's just kind of fun to think about that sometimes. It's almost like I think. You know, to kind of go back to your pyramid analogy, it's always been really interesting to me. Like, you know how in Star Wars, it's like a lot, it starts like a long, long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. But it's yeah. all like advanced technologies. Like, mm-hmm. who's to say that those civilizations that built the pyramids didn't have much more advanced technologies, but in a way that we don't yet understand? Because, you know, it's this whole idea of like time is like a flat circle, right? Or like if, you know, if we kind of use this little... Shout out. to like, McConaughey, yes. season one, True Detective. Oh, dude, we have to talk about the new season two. I know, oh, so good. It, it, so it's like this is the pyramids, like this is us, and like you know, if you kind of like close the loop, right? It's like you know, who's to say that it's not something super, you know, super similar? And because the other, the other point too is like, I, I forgot what I read, but it's like the the pyramids are closer to like Jesus' time than like to I don't know, but it's like the pyramids are like a really, really long freaking time ago, like even before like modern civilization. Or I'm 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 butchering that, so I don't I don't want to go too far but I think that's a really sort of interesting idea that I thought about quite a bit. I am convinced that I saw that I saw a UFO when I was little. Um, (laughs) No way. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect segue. And it wasn't just me. We were like at a family barbecue and my aunt was outside. I was like seven years old. My aunt was outside pointing at the sky and like a bunch of us from the neighborhood just came out. Right. We we all came out. We're like, what is going on? And we just look up and there's like this floating thing. And maybe it was like, you know, a, a, a test an early drone prototype, but all of us saw it. And I'm convinced of that. But I also think that like, and and perhaps this is part of the absurdity of that's related to the book, but it's like, at the end of the day, like if that, if that was an alien or like a UFO, like people have to go to work the next day, their kids have to go to school. (laughs) You know what I mean? So it's like, Oh,
0: you mean the aliens? Like they got to get back home.
1: No. Yeah. Yeah. And, and us as well. Right. So it's like, you can't spend too much time like dwelling on that. or thinking about it because like, Kind of like real life picks up again, and so it's like again to go back to your, you know, um, a point you made earlier. It's like for us, our lives are the our problems are the most important problems, the most pressing problems. So if there's like UFOs, well, that can wait till I get my next paycheck. You know? Do you think
0: that we are alone in the universe? No, nah, no way. Yeah, no same. Hundred percent. I'm. I, I am one hundred percent. Absolutely not. Just on yeah. sheer size. Just yeah. on the size of it, like, and the likelihood that other planets can support life that we haven't been able to discover in our short. Yeah. Again, you say like uh, you were talking about time or or civilizations like two thousand and twenty four years is is our like modern civilization, yeah. right? And you look at like the. Millions. The web telescope images that come back are, like, really impressive. And when you contrast those against images from 30 years ago, it's like, oh, my God. Like, you see the, you've see you seen the photos of the pillars of creation, right, from the web telescope.
1: It's pretty nuts, man. It's
0: It is just mind-blowing how beautiful that is. And that's in a very short amount of time that we're making progress on these kind of things. So you push that. Yeah. What are we looking at? in 100,000 years from now, right? Provided that we can hang on and figure this out. You uh, can only imagine it's going to be miraculous, right? I, the oh, distance definitely. you can see and, and who knows what other kind of issues or, or challenges from an engineering standpoint we're able to solve and figure out and travel. It, I'm just 100% convinced that uh, we're not alone. I'm also completely unsure if anyone would have any interest in stopping yeah. by if you know i can I picture you're like it's like you're driving through like a shitty town you know and you're like i don't know let's just keep going to the next city
1: yeah let's just keep going i have a personal theory that like you know maybe aliens have tried to visit us but they try to visit us like during elec- election years like whoa <laughs> oh, oh, oh. hey yeah, you turn like, this around man this-
0: yeah, you turn you
1: turn yeah, um, and the other thing too, kind of related to, it's like, I think we have this conception that whatever life exists in the universe has to be either look exactly like ours does or be much more advanced than ours are than mm-hmm. ours is. Like, who's to say that, like, let's say there's like a planet a couple light years away that just has like the equivalent of like plant bacteria on its surface. I mean, that's technically life, right? I mean- Totally, so, I, I would agree with this. I think you're right. Yeah. There's
0: this, when you ask someone, is there life in the universe? I think in their head, they think, are there other humans that are just like us somewhere else doing human like things on their planet? But, you know, even to the book, the characters are so weird. They're so weird that they make me think like, oh yeah, what if, what if they weren't humans, but they were just, you know, some speechless uh, gas consuming like blob species that loved pine cones or so. you know, I don't know, something just so random is totally a possibility
1: why wouldn't it be yeah and then kind of kind of related to that too and it's like I don't know how much you've thought about this but this idea of like time because I like how they played with time as well um it's mm-hmm. like they're, and so it, it gets me thinking quite a bit of like not necessarily time travel but like I, yeah I guess time travel like do you ever see dark on Netflix yeah dude that was so, so yeah oh my god Dude, that's like my. I used to work at Netflix, and I will so I have some domain expertise. But that is the best show on the service.
0: I thought that Dark was really good. It was, it was twisted. It was pretty uncomfortable. When that's the one where he's like crawling through the super little like time portal thing that connects the two, and it's a is it German or it's something dubbed right? Yeah, it's German. Yeah, that was that was well done. That was well done. And was it didn't end with a setup for another season? They didn't
1: do it. No, it ends with kind of like the correct timeline. And so you see the main characters are paired off like different people now. Spoiler alert. Um, cause they, oh, yes. Yeah, <laughs> shit. Spoiler alert. Well, let me see. It's been out for a while. But um, I think about that in the context of like, you know, what if like the UFO encounters are just like different versions of ourselves kind of warping through space and holes and what have you? Because I think like I. I know there's some there's scientific grounding, and I think even Stephen Hawking at one point, like I don't know if this is true or not, but I guess he purportedly threw a party, but waited till the last minute to announce it. His theory being, if there were time travelers, they would still sh- that if anybody showed up, it would be a time traveler because like no one knew about this party. The only way to know about it was after it happened. Yeah, so like I think, anyways, Did I think he, there's some scientific come up with that on Epstein's Island oh yeah dude that's like a whole different that <laughs> I, I get my news on reddit so i need to either i need to read what what's actually happening but i just, i can't believe just... that like that all this is such a sidebar from the book but i can't believe that all that happened
0: you got yeah. this guy killed in jail yeah this other jelaine maxwell goes uh in custody obviously tells him everything you get a yeah. document that comes out of it and then all that we all walk away from it with are little memes of Stephen Hawking on the island. Like, <laughs> that's just like internet
1: culture in a nutshell is all this yeah. has happened. It's like who's,
0: gonna gonna go, like, who's going to be on the list? Who's
1: going to be on the list? Yeah. Stephen Hawking, bro. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. That was pretty nuts too. And um, was like, Oh yeah. So, anyways, so I think there's some scientific truth for or basis for like time travel, which I've always found really fascinating. Mm -hmm. And, you know, one of the things that I focus on in my writing sometimes is this idea of like unlived lives, you know, you make a momentous decision, you know, that involves sacrifice that involves, you know, leaving your hometown, or, you know, leaving a significant other to go on and do what at the moment seems like bigger, better things. But there's always that part of you that always thinks back of like, was this the right choice? So this idea of like, that bit that being a moment where the time portal splits, and now all of a sudden there's an alternate universe where you made that choice, which I think was what kind of like dark also played with, you know, that yeah. to me is also really, really fascinating. Um, I think it's more, it comes from my like nostalgic predispositions, which I think will come out in full effect when we read uh, the next book. Um, but yeah, curious if you ever thought about like, you know, time warps, you know, sort of time travel, um, whether it's that at a metaphysical or even like, at a, like in a personal point of view. Yeah, I, I mean, I think about I think about time a lot.
0: I that's why I, I really liked reading that book because it again it reshapes the way that you consume time. Um, yes, it makes makes or live time a rather. little bit. Uh, But it, I like to when I think about time, I like to just think that maybe we're a hundred percent wrong about it, mm. about everything about time, the way that it passes, uh, what it mm. consumes, what it doesn't. It, it's just such an interesting construct that we've. Shaped everything about our existence around. I mean, from the moment mm-hmm. that you are born, the idea of time is put upon you. Whether it's it's time for you to feed, it's time for you to go to bed, it's time for you to wake up, it's nap time, it's time for work, mm-hmm. it's lunch time, it's dinner time, it's breakfast. It's like yeah. everything is. You just become conditioned for all these things that they fall in different times. Lunch is at noon. Breakfast at seven. Dinner times at five to seven. You go to bed at nine, and as a result, I mean, we're able to achieve incredible feats because of this, right? Like you can coordinate the takeoff and landing of planes and do business in multiple countries in the same day. Yeah. Uh, you can estimate when you will be somewhere and communicate with other people, and they can make decisions around that. So the way that we think of time and the way that we enact, like, act within it works, and it it works all over the place and then there's people that try to optimize their time and try to do things faster or slower it's just such an overwhelming force in the way that we live so i like to just as a thought experiment play around with it just being wrong like it just being a what would life be like if time wasn't something that you were introduced to like uh the same way the allegory of the cave yeah. right you're in the cave uh, you can't see the rest of the world and you're making inferences about what you think things would be based on these shadows that are dancing on the ceiling. And you don't really know until you get out of it and you see. If you're born yeah. uh, deaf and you're never given noise or sound or hearing, what is your worldview like? So what if you were born and you were just never given the construct of time, how would existence appear to you and how would you my
1: people. interact with it? Yeah right. <laughs> Those are my people, the Latins. You know, it's like, oh, yeah, I'll see you. No, no, I'm just joking. Right, right. Uh, but you know, that's a really interesting sort of a thought experiment, right? And I think we would, you know, much to Oliver's point in the previous book, it's like, it's it's like that's peak like agrarian living. You know, kind of with I mean, the seasons. You know, yeah. things take the time that they take. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it it is sort of wild now to like have like, dude, having kids just like is mind blowing because it. Like it forces you to, to think about the most basic things and explain it in a way that a three year old can understand. Because it's like, hurry up and put your sweater on. Why? Well, that's actually a good question, son. Yeah. Because you know, there's a doctor expecting you in about fifteen minutes, so we need to hurry up. And you know, so it's like, but it, see, it is, even that, it, okay. Kinda... So
0: expecting, hurry up, fifteen minutes. Like, yeah, they just that. Even in one sentence, is like these five conditioning points that happen. What if you never. And this is just thought experiment, not like you as a parent. Like, Eric, what yeah. if you just didn't have any responsibilities for your children? No, it's more like, sick. what if we just <laughs> never did that? What would, like, how would you think about your existence if time wasn't a f- uh, variable in that?
1: Damn, that's a deep question.
0: Is, and, I, I, and I don't have, like, I, I think about this all the time, but I don't really, it's hard to, it's really hard to envision your day you know without con- considering time elapsing the way in which we accept
1: that it does. I think another way to think about it, cause I, you know, I think about this quite a bit. It's I think one of the hardest things in life is to determine what needs expediency and what needs like determining the right amount of time. You can define time as perhaps like mental bandwidth or like mm-hmm. physical movement that things require. And, I was talking about this with my buddy Steve, like he runs um he founded Nerd Fitness if you're familiar with the blog. Yeah. And um you know, he's a big video game guy and so am I. And there was moments when I found myself uh I I playing this game called Ghost of Tsushima on the PlayStation 5. It's fantastic. It's
0: like the um, samurai version of Elden Ring.
1: Yes, 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 yes. That's, that's a really good Which I would way be playing it. if I had a PS5 but I don't, so I play Elden Ring. Oh, bro. <laughs> oh, you got to get one, dude. Um but anyways, with Ghost of Tsushima, there were moments where I caught myself just like trying to like do a speed run, just like beat the game as fast as possible. And, and, and I really had to sit back and like, think about it. I was like, am I, is this like a microcosm of my attitude towards life (laughs) of just like trying to get through things as quickly as possible for the sake of like this checklist, this checklist mentality. And not a lot of people, I I don't know if I've, I've, I don't think I've shared this with anybody actually, but it's like, you know, one of the world premiere. (laughs) Yeah, boom, 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 Los Angeles, boom. but um, the one of the difficult things about like growing up as a as an immigrant or the child of immigrants is like two very distinct takes on time. Mm-hmm. It is really hard to marry like sort of like for lack of a better term like a Protestant approach, a utilitarian approach to time, with like a more Catholic Latin approach to time, which is like. Things take how long that they take. Right. And and so I don't know if I'm articulating this super well, but it's like it's two very distinct points of view on how to deal with this concept of 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 time. And for large parts of my young young for my childhood and adolescence, I if I had to summarize like some of the challenges and growing pains of adolescence, it's just literally it would root it on like which time how to view, how to respect time. Is it how my parents and my culture expects me to? And, um, or is it how sort of my new culture of assimilation and the way, is that the right approach to it? And so much of like the cultural challenges and like, not identity crisis, because I don't think I really had that, but it's like a lot of those interpersonal challenges just arise from like different viewpoints on time. And I think that's a very underrated talking point and like the immigrant or the, acculturation discussion
0: that makes you sense. know the old
1: saying like if uh, if a tree falls in the woods
0: and no one's there does it make a sound you know that old thought expression yeah so w- what is time if no one is there to count it oh like you think about I mean back to back to the book back to the universe uh, world world explodes tomorrow mm-hmm what is time at that at that moment you know like what we Damn. our species as as far as we know from not contacting very many other species in the universe created the concept of time to to interact with our world
1: mm-hmm. and
0: it didn't dinosaurs were not measuring to as much as we know time
1: yeah they weren't uh, tripping out on it's how long a huge part though, right? of
0: our our life so if the world exploded tomorrow what would what would time be is that is that even a thing i guess that's kind of the reduced version of it is like at that point is it even a concept
1: or you forget if the world exploded just like if like the internet turned off or like if there was like a zombie apocalypse let's call it and like the world civilization just stopped operating you know
0: yeah then how does it how do you consume it (sighs) Big food for thought as we close out the episode yeah. because I know that you have to get going here. But um, I, li- I like where this is going. Okay, uh, closing up here on Douglas Adams, very famous, uh, renowned nice New York Times bestseller, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, paperback. Very cheap on Amazon. Yep. Uh, any last thoughts, quotes, things that you hated, things that you loved, uh, things uh, that you wish were done differently?
1: Um, I think the, I think the don't panic motif throughout the book was really funny. And I also just like the, the bureaucratic Vogons. the, yeah. you know, where it's like, when like Arthur's like trying to lie to him and tell him his poetry is good. And I think that whole, I think that was really funny. Cause it's just like, so, like, but do you even like your job? Like, you know, your superior shouted like, do you even enjoy this? I thought that was sort of really fun and oh like, kind of like, you know, as we kind of live through this environment of like tech mass layoffs, and you know, folks sadly losing their jobs, it's just a reminder of just uh you know, the ridiculousness of some of this like corporate and bureaucratic organizations. So um, good. But yeah, I think that was my lasting uh, takeaway. What about yours? Uh, I I just I, I highly recommend this book. It's such an
0: unexpected, welcomed, fun read. It's not what I thought it would be at all, and it, yeah. it literally. I'm not over-exaggerating when it had me laughing out loud multiple times. It's hard for a book to do, to truly be comical in that matter. Also stuff like this, the the cliff notes, which is hilarious because they're they're self-imposed cliff notes of nothing. But like h- half a page will be consumed by cliff notes of his own notes to his own story. I thought yeah. that that was another just like hilarious thing. There were so many uh, incredible one-liners, and incredible quotes in this book. Don't panic, I think was in essence that like the bring a towel and don't panic. Those two things I thought were so funny and, and oddly true. Like even going back to my whole like anxiety that was <laughs> the therapy session that we had in this episode, unpacking my anxiety about space. Don't yeah, panic, buddy. like, dude, whatever, what are you going to do? You can't do much about it. And so that's kind of like a takeaway that you can tap into in any situation that is otherwise stressful. It's just like you panic, it's all going to go bad. Just don't panic, chill. And if you have a towel, you're good. You don't need anything else. So, they Gucci, as the kids say. Well, uh, I've announced it in the intro, but we will be reading uh, Robert Fagel. Fagel? Yeah, Robert, yeah. Robert Fagel's, Fagel's, Fagel's at- translation of the very famous Ennead by Virgil. I'm extremely yes. excited to read this. It's been so long since i've read anything like uh the odyssey anything by homer any anything from this era so this will be another venture into something a little bit um unexpected and unknown for me so i'm stoked that you suggested this one
1: no dude thanks for going along with it man yeah i I think you know it's been a while like i've had this intention of reading classic you know classic western literature and i always open like you know the The Odyssey, and I'm like, yeah, I just can't really do that right now. So this is a good forcing mechanism. It's a good way to dive into something that's foundational and uh, should be fun. It's a dope story.
0: Yeah, I'm ready. I got it. It's already on my bedside. I'm going to start it tonight, get ahead of it a little bit. And um, we will reconvene in the end of February for the third episode. And uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. To be fair, oddly surprised at the success of the first episode, I I will say to you. Uh, Oh, yeah. Yeah. I just I you know, we had no idea how it would go. And statistically, it actually did really well, even alongside uh, episodes with jujitsu greats and uh, strength and conditioning trainers. So either everyone on LinkedIn tuned in the from your post or people actually read along and uh, and joined us. So I'm excited to see where this goes. We're committed. We're doing this every month. And next month, we're going to do a a little uh, cocktail social. So uh, we'll fill you guys in on that before we do it. Awesome. Eric, thank you so much for doing this. I will really enjoy your time and having these conversations. It's super it's a fun blast, to be man. able to, to chat about uh, books and all the other things that we end up talking about uh, because of it. So I appreciate it, brother.
1: Oh, dude, I, dude, I appreciate you too. And, you know, I was telling uh, you know, my wife, earlier that it's such a blessing to stay connected to like folks like you that are, you know, asking these questions and just like are generally good people um so it's been a while since we've rolled but you know hopefully we'll be able to as as our travels uh kind of flesh out over the year you know get back on the mats man because it's it's so nice to stay connected and this has been great man so let's yeah. let's keep it going let's keep reading and hopefully other folks will ask us some daunting questions of themselves too
0: yeah i hope that this grows to a place where we can start to uh bring into the fold listeners and other people that we know for a fact are, are reading along because it can get yeah. really fun to have I'm sure it's enjoyable to sit and listen to two people talk about a book that you just read and that can be exciting, but it's even more fun to participate. So we'll figure out a way to bake that in too. And then soon we'll be on Netflix, Uh, you know, Eric and Abe's book club is whatever. Yeah. Downline. Oh yeah. All right. Thanks, Eric. Hey friends, Abe here. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode and sticking around to the very end. If you want to support it, leave a five-star review on Spotify or check out www.mainideapodcast.com. Join the mailing list and stay up to date on all things The Main Idea, from future guests, sponsorship opportunities, products I'm using to help me perform at my best, invites to ask me anything, and any upcoming pertinent information to the show. I cannot do this show without you. It is literally why I show up each week and put these episodes together. So thank you from the bottom of my heart, from being part of the community. I hope you have a great day.